thing that's ever happened to me too. Amen. And he's the best thing that could happen to you too this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord for what he's doing here today. Thank God for his grace, his mercy. Amen. Thank God for Westside. I was talking to Shirley yesterday afternoon. We were talking about how good God's been to our church and uh, how, how wonderful it is to be a part of a good church. Um, we've never claimed to be a perfect church. We've proved often we're not one. Amen. But we, uh, we, have, we have, as Shirley said, there's good people go there. Amen. She said, those are my friends, and I agree with her. Amen. We should be friends. Amen. Amen. Thank God for Westside. Let's turn to the book of Genesis again. Genesis chapter number 15. Genesis chapter number 15. Remember that we're journeying with Abraham. And Abraham is the father of faith. Abraham believed God. We're going to get to that important passage this morning and then there'll probably maybe one or two more sermons that come from uh, even verse number six. Uh, a very important verse in all of Scripture. It's a huge doctrine that Abraham believed God and he was declared righteous by believing God. So from the very beginning, we have the doctrine of justification by faith or like being right with God by faith, experiencing the righteousness of God by faith. But when we're preaching through the life of Abraham, it's been, a, it's been a great encouragement to me because it shows me that his walk of faith is no different than your and I's walk of faith. But the same things that Abraham struggles with is the same things that you and I struggle with on a, on a daily basis. That faith is, a, is a, a life of faith, is a life of it's up and down. You make poor choices, you think the wrong thoughts. But faith is rewarded and we follow Jesus we live by faith and walk by faith. Remember, trusting the Lord and walking by faith is believing the Word of God. And believing the Word of God is, shows up in our life by obeying the Word of God. And we obey the Word of God because we believe the Word of God. If we didn't, if we didn't obey the Word of God, then we would be saying that what God is saying is not true. And trusting in the Lord, I've learned recently, is that. You know, people say, trust in the Lord. It'll be okay. And really, biblically, what it means to trust in the Lord is to do what He says. Do what God says and it'll be okay. Amen? Believe what God says and that believing. If it's true faith, you'll do what He says. So for the rest of our lives as a church, when we say trust in the Lord, trust in His Word, how's that going to look in our life? It's going to look like obedience. Obedience to the Word of God. Now, we're not justified by obeying, are we? Because none of us can. But faith without works, James says, is a dead faith, isn't it? If we, don't, if we don't do what God says, it must mean we don't believe what God says. Amen? So faith is, is shown up in our lives by obedience. We're not saved by works. We're saved by grace through faith. Amen? But a true faith, will obey the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Why? Because I believe in Him. Amen? I trust Him. Even the great Apostle John said that, didn't he? 1 John chapter number 2, isn't it? He says, how do I know that I know Him? I keep His commandments. Amen? I believe Him, don't you? I really do. And uh, that will change our lives. Amen? And the Christian, not only is that logical, but the Christian has an inward power the Christian has an inward guide too. 
The Christian, not only is it logical to obey the Lord because we believe the Lord, but the Christian has a God. The Christian has Christ in them, the hope of glory. Amen? Amen. The Christian has a new nature. The Christian has, an, has, a, has, as the book of Ephesians says, we'll get to the sermon in a moment, has an earnest of expectation of the Spirit. The Christian has, as Jesus said, a comforter that he would send. The Christian has God, the Holy Ghost, living in them. So not only is it logical because we obey, because we believe, but we also have greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Amen? And so it is no longer I that liveth, but it's him that liveth in me, isn't it? Isn't the gospel wonderful? It's wonderful. We have the Word of God and we have the witness, the inward witness of the Spirit. We have the same power in us that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen. Again, I want to remind you that knowing Jesus, believing on Jesus, is not without consequence. Jesus is all-powerful, isn't He? And He has power, all power in heaven and in earth. And if someone says, I've met the risen Lord and I believe on Him, there will be evidence of that, right? If Jesus the Christ, the risen Savior, lives in you, then my, what a difference He must make. Amen? What a difference He makes. I want you to think about these things. I want you to always think about them. I think it's important that we dwell on them. This is the evidence of faith in our lives. The evidence of faith in our lives is Jesus in our lives. Because Jesus is a living Savior. Praise the Lord, we have not believed on a dead Savior, have we? We've not believed on a weak Savior. We've not trusted in an idea. We've not believed in a philosophy. We've not, we've not submitted to some rules that we're going to go by. And even if, even if it was merely that, we would have no power in us to keep those rules. No, this is not, this is not a religion of man, is it? No, we trust in a living Savior. We have a relationship as Christians with a risen, all-powerful Savior Again, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, isn't he? Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen? So you see that, you say that all the time. Then let's believe it, amen? Let's believe it. All right, let's walk with Abraham a moment. A life of faith. So remember, at the end of chapter 14, Abraham, he's coming back for the slaughter of the kings. He whipped them. Abraham was a, not only did he walk by faith, but he was filled with courage. And maybe that faith, maybe that faith had something to do with that courage, and it does. You'll notice in your life. If you know that God is with you, who can be against you? Amen. So Abraham fought a great battle, and he, he rescued Lot, rescued the king of Sodom. Remember from last Sunday morning that Melchizedek came, and he blessed him. He blessed him in the name of the Most High, the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And then the king of Sodom wanted to bless Abraham, didn't he? Abraham's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I don't want it to be known that the king of Sodom, remember the men of Sodom were, were exceedingly wicked before the Lord. And the sovereign king of Sodom could have done something. It wasn't a democracy. He could have stopped it. But So he, he was complicit, he was condoning it, or he was a part of it. And so Abraham said, no, I won't be blessed by the world. I don't want it to ever be known that I benefited from the, from the king of Sodom. And so Abraham received the blessing that came from the Lord, and we discussed, and God helped us to see who Melchizedek was. And Abraham was blessed of God. 
And then in chapter 15, verse 1, we'll pick up reading here. The Bible says, we're going to read all the way to verse 6. The Bible says, After these things the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, saying, I go childless? And the, and the steward of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born of my house is mine heir. So Abraham was saying, Eleazar, he's going he's to get the inheritance. He'll be my son, my servant. But then in verse number 4, see, man has a plan. Abraham had a plan. But then in verse number 4, God reminds him of his plan. And the Bible says, And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir. So it's not going to be Eleazar. But he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. It's going to be your own kid, Abraham. Verse number 5, And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And verse number 6 is probably, maybe, one of, if not the greatest passages in all of Scripture. In verse 6, And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. The word counted there means it was placed upon the behalf of Abraham. It was imputed unto him. That's a biblical word. It was placed upon his account. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, Lord, for prayer. We thank you, Lord, that you hear us. We praise you, Lord, that now we know we have our petitions in heaven that we've prayed this morning, and we have confidence that you will answer them according to your will. You know what's best, and you know how to do it. We thank you, Lord, for the worship that we've experienced and the fellowship. And, Lord, now we thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that every kid has a Bible in their hands this morning. I pray, God, that you would help them and impress upon their heart that they need to live by that word. And, Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us as, as parents and grandparents of these children to remind them that they need to know how to use that Bible and they need to know how to live by that Bible and they need to build their lives upon that Bible. Lord, I pray, God, you'd help us to follow you and believe your word. Bless us now, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you. In Jesus Christ, your name, we ask these things. Amen. First, I want you to notice that it's, it's always this way, that God shows up right when Abraham needed him. So Abraham had just come back from war Abraham just come back from meeting Melchizedek. Abraham has not received the riches that could come from Sodom, the king of Sodom. And then God says to Abraham, I am thy shield and I am thy exceeding great reward. The Lord knows when to show up and encourage his people. Amen. I'm glad many times that God has showed up right when I needed him. He always shows up best when life's at the darkest. You ever notice that? He shows up when I'm sitting under the juniper tree. He comes to me like, like, uh, like uh, who was it, Nathaniel, that was, that was sitting under the tree. The Lord saw him there. I'm glad the Lord knows how to encourage his people, aren't you? And if you keep following Jesus, no matter how dark your days will get, God knows how to encourage and help you along the way. Amen? And so God came to Abraham and he encouraged him and he said two things to him. And the first thing he said in verse number one is that I am thy shield. It could be here that Abraham had experienced some fear. Faith is not the absence of fear. 
Oftentimes we think courage is not being afraid. Courage is doing the right thing even when you're afraid. Faith oftentimes goes forward even when your flesh says, I wouldn't go that direction. Faith produces the courage to obey the Lord. And maybe that Abraham in the battle was afraid. Maybe he had a near-death experience on the battlefield and he was thinking, I barely escaped. And how, how is God going to fulfill his promises in my life if I can't even live through a skirmish or two? And God comes to Abraham and he says, number one, I am thy shield. In other words, Abraham, I'm going to take care of you. I'm glad that God knows how to take care of his people. Amen. And I want to encourage you this morning that God knows how to take care of you. No matter what you face in your life right now, He is your shield. Amen? I've heard it put this way, haven't you? That nothing can get to you unless it first goes through Him. God is your shield. Amen? I was gleaning through the Bible yesterday, and I, I was reminded of this passage, Psalms 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I hope the Lord is the strength of your life. Amen? If not, then you need to let him be. Psalms chapter 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength. Amen? A very present help in trouble. A very present help. Not a, not a help, a very present help. Not a help down the road, no, a help intimately. Right here with us, a very present help, the Bible says, in trouble. I was thinking about two yesterday in Nahum, chapter 1, verse number 7. I like this passage. Listen to this. The Lord is good. Amen. (laughs) Isn't he? (laughs) The Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble. You can hold on to him, can't you? How many of us have held on to him before? When I've done all that I could do, I'll just stand. That's what the Apostle Paul said. The Lord is good, isn't he? Amen. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. I'm glad the Lord is the strength of your life. Amen. I'm glad the Lord is your refuge and strength, and I'm glad that Nahum said the Lord is good. Amen. So no matter what you're facing this morning, as God appeared to Abraham in the walk of faith, Maybe a moment of fright in your life. God says, I am thy shield. Amen? He can go before you. He can surround you. He can protect you. If only we could, through eyes of faith, know who is for us, who could be against us. Hey, if you're a child of God, you are a child of God. Amen? I thought about Abraham. God not only was a God to Abraham, but he was going to be a God to Abraham. Isn't that a difference? God not only is your God, he's a God to you. God isn't just a God that is a figure of authority and grace in your life. God is a God who works in your life. He not only is your God, he's a God to you, and he's a God for you. Amen? How many of us can say this morning, he is my Lord and my God? Amen? And if if you have him, listen, you will make it through anything. Amen? No matter what you face, God, a very present help in times of trouble. You say, what if I pass away? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the Lord is with me. Amen? Paul said, I'm in a straight betwixt two. I have a desire to go home and be with him, for to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I have to stay here, it must be good for you. But aren't you ready to go meet Jesus face to face? Amen? Is that not the ultimate goal of faith in Jesus Christ? 
to see him one day with her own eyes. Amen? So you're going to make it. Amen? Can I do it one more time? My mamma turning yellow with liver cancer. The Lord's been good to me, she said. And now she says still, the Lord's been good to me. Amen? So God appears to Abraham and he says, I am thy shield. Now you believe that this morning. I want you to believe that. I want you to hear that word and trust in it. I want you to leave here with that on your heart and your mind. The Lord is my shield. Now, if you don't have him, you're, you're stuck out there wide open, you need to get behind him, amen? You need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved, and you need to follow after him. He'll be your shield. Don't get in front of him. Don't get around him. You stay behind him, okay? I want you to believe that. Will you believe it, amen? Don't just hear it. Don't just listen to it. I want you to believe it. Let's leave here thinking the Lord is my shield. Amen? The Lord is my shield. You can think about Him. He, he is your, uh, he's your defense system, isn't He? he he's, he's your force field that you walk through life in. The Lord is my shield. Is He your shield? Say it with me. The Lord is my shield. Amen? You believe that, okay? You believe that. Don't just listen. You believe it. And then the Lord said, secondly... Not only is I am thy shield, Abraham, I am your exceeding, thy exceeding. Notice how personal it is. He says, I am thy shield. Remember, he's not only a God, but he's a God to him. I am thy shield. And then he says, I am thy exceeding great reward. Now, last Sunday morning we, we preached about how there are lesser joys in the world, absolutely. But Jesus is the greater joy. And what the gospel wants you to do is forsake all the other lesser joys and sell the field that you have that you might have that treasure hidden in a field. That Jesus is the ultimate joy, isn't he? That knowing God is the greatest possession that anyone could ever have. Because what would it profit you, Jesus said, who ought to know, if you gained the whole world and lost your soul? Remember Jesus spoke about that parable to that farmer, that rich farmer who had a bunch of good seasons and it rained a lot. He said, I'm going to tear down my barns. I'm going to tear down my silos. I'm going to build new ones. I'm going to build them up. I'm going to store all my grains in them. I'm going to live off the interest of my, of my, of, of my, of my investments. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to make it out of all the money I'll ever need in this life. But he needed more than money, didn't he? And God that night said, you are full. Thou full, this night, thy soul shall be required of thee. So you can have all the money in the world, but that really ain't the treasure that you need, is it? And what does God tell Abraham? I am thy exceeding great reward. We should be rich toward God and not store up earthly treasure. Amen? We should know him. And if you know him, you have the greatest treasure that you'll ever need. And not only that in the next life, but in this life too. I've read about a lot of celebrities who have everything, but they're still miserable, aren't they? I've read about a lot of rich people that still are depressed and finding their hope in an amber end of a bottle. I know a lot of people who have all kinds of things, but they still, they still are miserable in life. Yes, you need Jesus because you will die, but you need Jesus because you're going to live too. And all this life is vanity under the sun. What's the, what's the truth of life? To know God and keep His commandments. Amen? And so I am thy exceeding great reward. But Abraham has a thought. 
God says, I'm your reward. But then Abraham says in verse number 2, but yeah, I'm still childless. You see, this is the fourth time that God has appeared to Abraham. And every time, all the three, the three previous times, God told Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. Through thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed. I'm going to give you this land and your, your seed's going to inherit it. So Abraham's thinking, okay, I'm going to get a kid. I don't have a son. I don't even have a daughter. I don't have anybody. But God is telling me that I am thy exceeding great reward. So Abraham's thinking, like we all do often, this is a walk of faith. It's not perfect. He thinks, all right, then what is my reward? When is it? And so in verse number 2, Abraham, he's got a good idea, he thinks. And Abraham said, Lord God, what will thou give me? Saying, I go childless. And the steward of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus. And Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. So God says to Abraham, Hey, hey Abraham, I am your great reward. But Abraham thinks, Yeah, I know, but I don't have a reward. I don't even have a kid yet. You ever felt that way? Like the Lord says, hey, I'm going to bless you, but you're like, I'm really struggling here. And the Lord says, hey, I, I'm everything you need, but in this moment right now, you're thinking, yeah, but you ever felt that way? Boy, I have a lot, haven't you? Yeah, I know Jesus is good, and I know he's good, and I can praise him through the storm, but my, my, the storm is so hard to bear, isn't it? So we're, we're, Abraham's thinking like you and I think sometimes. So faith is like that, isn't it? So Abraham's following the Lord, and the Lord says, Abraham, I'm everything that you need. And then Abraham's like, I know it, I believe it. But, you know, we think about that a lot about our loved ones, don't we, that just went on to glory. You've probably heard me say it, and you've probably thought, Jesus is everything you need, but you've probably thought in your heart and mind, yeah, Josh, but you don't know the grief that I'm experiencing. You don't know what I'm going through right now. All of us deal with things like this, don't we? So God tells Abraham, hey, Abraham, I'm, every, I'm everything you need. And then Abraham says, yeah, I know it, but you told me three times that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a son and, or a kid. I'll even take a daughter, and I haven't gotten it yet. And i got a plan, God. Well, how about we do this? We'll make Eleazar my son. I'll adopt him. He'll be the servant. He'll get the heir. So Abraham has a plan, but then in verse 4, God's like, no, we're not going to do it your way, Abraham. Listen, one of the greatest blessings of your life is when I know you want it so bad, but God says to you, we're not going to do it your way. We're not going to do it the way you want to do it. I know that you got this idea, but I'm thankful many times that the greatest answer to prayer is that God says no, aren't you? Hey, if, if God is the Lord of our lives, then let's let him be the Lord of our lives even when we don't understand, right? So Abraham has a plan. And the Lord's now is saying, I know you're hurting. I know you're frustrated. I know it's been a long time. I know I've been telling you you're going to have a kid. But I want you to trust me, Abraham. God is saying this in verse 4 here in a moment. Will you walk with me a little bit further, Abraham? Can we follow my plan a little bit more? Because remember, trusting God is a walk of obedience. And it's hard, isn't it? So the challenge of faith is that when we are frustrated and we're discouraged and we've been beat up in a battle and God says, hey, I'm your reward, but life is still life, isn't it? And heartache is still heartache. And I still don't have a kid. And God, you've been saying that I'm going to have a kid. And I left the earth childish for you. And I went to Egypt and got all up in a mess. And I came back to Canaan land and I had to rescue Lot. And when God will be my reward and then God says I'm your reward and Abraham's like 
But you've been telling me if I give up everything for you, that you will give me the desires of my heart. You'll bless me. You'll help me. I felt that way, hadn't you? We're getting pity parties, don't we? I'm glad that God shows up at the right time. See, the Lord knew what he was doing with Abraham. He's leading him through life. And when we're at our darkest moment, praise God, we get a message, we get a song, we get a word, we get a text, we get a phone call, and God speaks through somebody's life, or He speaks through His word, or He speaks through a sermon, or He speaks through a Sunday school teacher. That's why it's important to come, amen? And then God encourages us again, say, keep going a little bit further. So God says in verse 4, And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Listen, Abraham, that's not going to be your kid. This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. Abraham, you're going to have a kid. Come walk with me, Abraham. Verse 5, come here. And he brought him forth and, and said, God said, Abraham, I want to show you something. He said, look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto them, so shall thy seed be. Abraham, you're going to have so many offspring that it's going to be like the stars in heaven and you won't even be able to count your blessings when I'm through with you. If you keep following me, one of these days you're going to try to count all your blessings and it's, you're going to be unable to do it. I'm going to do, Abraham, if you follow me, exceedingly abundantly far more than you could ever ask or think. If you'll get out of the here and now and you'll follow me through the then and later on, I'm going to bless you so much, Abraham, you won't even be able to count the blessings and the promises that I'm going to do in your life. I want you to keep trusting me. That's what God's telling Abraham. Look at verse number 6. And can we pause? Won't it be a day? Amen? What a day that will be. You know what's awesome about the gospel? Can we pause? Not only does a Christian in this life get to experience the joy of forgiveness of sins, the relief of guilt and shame through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, a guide to help us through life. And everybody lost and saved struggles and lost people and Christian people's car breaks down and lost people and saved people get sick and they all have backaches, don't they? And they all get cancer and they all have heartache. But we have a guide, a help, a very present help in times of trouble. Amen? And in this life, not only in the life to come, but in this life it pays off following Jesus, don't it? In the here and now, it pays off following Jesus. We can build a family structure. We can marry a Christian spouse. We can guide our home through the Lord's Word. We can see our kids raise up following Jesus, a, a lineage of Christian heritage. We can see God moving and God acting and God dealing in our lives. In this life, it's worth following Jesus. Amen? In this life. But oh, eye hath not seen, nor hath ear heard, the things that God has prepared for those who love Him later on. I don't know what it'll be like over yonder in glory, but I know it'll be glory over there. Amen? Eye hath not seen, has it? Though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. Amen? It'll be wonderful over there, won't it? Look at verse number 6. And he believed in the Lord. Now, 
verse 5 is a test of faith. God is asking Abraham, here is true faith, true faith tasted, tested. Are you willing to give up everything, all your plans, for, for, for what you've never seen before, Abraham? Are you willing to give up your ideas, your desires? Your, his plan was Eleazar. Abraham, are you willing to give it up for what you don't have now? Will you believe me? Will you trust in me? Will you give up your life, your plans, your ideas? Will you take my word? I know you don't have a kid, but if you follow me, your seed shall be like the stars in heaven, and you shall not be able to number them. Will you follow me? In verse 6, this is faith. And he believed in the Lord. He said, all right, I believe you. And God says, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Hebrews 11.1 1 gives us a definition of what Abraham did. Here's what Abraham did. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So when God says, listen, Abraham, I want you to drop your plans. I'm going to give you so many kids, the stars won't be able to number how I'm going to bless you in your life. And here's what Abraham did. He just simply believed God. He believed Him. He was willing to forsake his own plans and trust God. That is faith in action. Amen? Now, verse number 13 of Hebrews, these all died in faith. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they all died in faith. They have yet to receive the promise. They didn't even get it in this life. Abraham didn't fully see it, but have seen them afar off. That's faith, isn't it? I see them afar off. That's, that's faith. I see them afar off, but having never seen them, but having, having seen them afar off and persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Here's the way they lived. I ain't seen it yet, but God's going to keep his word. I haven't seen it yet, but I believe God. I haven't fully seen it yet, but I'm going to trust his plan. That is faith talking. I'm willing to give up my life to trust what God says. And the gospel of Christ is the same way. Jesus says, repent and believe the gospel. Will you give up your life? Will you trust me? Will you believe on me? And if you do, I'll give you everlasting life. That's what faith does. Listen to these. They desire a better country in verse number 16. They said, this is in heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and that he'd received the promises afar off, offered up his only begotten son. Verse 19, according that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Later on, God says, Abraham, I want you to offer your only son. And Abraham said, all right, I'm going to offer him because you said through my son Isaac shall all nations of the earth be blessed. And if I even offer my only son, God will raise him from the dead because God said through my son shall my son shall all nations of the earth be blessed through my seed. And Abraham's just believing God now. He's just taking God for his word. And the gospel is asking the same thing of you and I. Forsake this world and follow Jesus. Forget your life and accept Christ as your Savior. 
Trust that God has a better plan for you and follow Him in this life. Not only will He bless you in this life, but in the life to come, He has exceedingly promises that it could exceed your expectations. That's what faith does. Faith walks in the darkness of this life knowing that God has a better day for us over yonder. Amen? Keep going. Keep following Jesus. He has prepared a place for us. And not only has He prepared a place for us, if He has, He's going to go and He's going to come back and receive us unto Himself that where He is, there He shall be also. Amen? Now here's the truth of it. I'm convinced of it. I am absolutely convinced of it. I am satisfied in Jesus, aren't you? I am convinced that He died for my sins. I am convinced... He paid my debt. I am convinced He lives forevermore. I am convinced He's coming back to rapture His church. I am convinced He is going to rule and to reign. I am convinced He will raise the dead. I am convinced the sinners will stand in judgment. I am convinced there will be a great white throne of judgment. I am convinced of all these things. I believe it. I truly believe it then shouldn't my life line up with that? It should, shouldn't it? And if you believe it, shouldn't yours? It should, shouldn't it? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. I didn't know what God was doing that day when He birthed me into the family of God, but I just by faith took Him in His word. I said, yes, I believe that. I believe that. Amen? And grace through faith changed my eternal life. Amen? Is that your testimony? Amen. We're about through. Because of faith, women received the dead, raised to life again. Others were tormented, tortured, not accepting deliverance. Verse 35 of Hebrews 11, that they might attain a better resurrection. They don't care. Keep your world. By faith, Moses, when he come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Verse number 24, he really believed, hey, Egypt's nice, but God has a better plan. Egypt is wonderful, but God has a better idea. Egypt is going to be awesome, but God has a better plan for my life. So by faith, what did Moses do? He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. By faith, Moses esteemed the reproach of Christ, the greater riches and the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. What does that mean? God has something better than Egypt has to offer. By faith, what did Moses do? By faith, Moses, Hebrews eleven twenty seven. he forsook Egypt. Amen? He forsook it. Not fearing the wrath of the king, for he had endured as seeing him who is invisible. That's what Moses did. He's like, I'm out. You all can keep Egypt. You can keep all of its riches, all of its pretty women. You can keep everything it has to offer, all of its ecstasy, all of its drugs, all of its, all the stuff. You can keep all of it by faith. Moses saw him who is invisible. And he forsook Egypt. This is what faith, this is how faith talks. By faith, Abraham said, all right, I won't do my plan. I'll follow your plan. This is how faith talks. You still with me? We're out through. This is faith in our lives. 
Verse 39 of Hebrews 11, I'm through. And these all having obtained a good report through faith, receive not the promise. Verse 40, God having provided something better for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Faith sees the blessings and promises of God afar off. Amen? I was thinking, Audrey, about your mom. She believed in the Lord. Her life proved it, didn't it? She kept following Jesus. Life threw a lot of haymakers her way. She kept following Jesus. She must have seen a country that was better. She must have seen Him who is invisible. She forsook her own way. She didn't live life according to her own will. She believed the Lord, and therefore she obeyed Him. you got all these people say, I know the Lord. And they don't follow Him. you got all these people who say, I love Jesus. But they've not forsook Egypt. you got all these people say, I believe in the Lord. And God says, don't. Eleazar is not going to be your heir. And they keep doing it. you got all these people who say, I'm looking for a city that hath buildings and foundations whose maker is God. And all they do in this life is build up their kingdom on earth. They never see afar off. What does that mean? If they don't see afar off, they're not walking by faith. They don't know Him. They haven't believed on Him. In Hebrews chapter 11, people were sown in half because they would not deny Him. In Hebrews chapter 11, people were stoned because they would not deny Him. They esteemed the reproaches of Christ far better than not getting stoned. They valued Jesus more than not being cut in half. And some of us say we walk by faith in any little old thing. We will trade comfort for Jesus every single time. Every time. That is not how faith walks. Abraham believed the Lord. And he said, okay, I'm following you. I want to ask you as we stand to our feet this morning, I want you to examine your life. I want you to be honest with your heart. Is your life that is marked by a life of faith, trusting and obeying, a life that says yes to Jesus, even at your own expense, a life that follows the Lord even if it costs you something, a life that follows Jesus even if it harms you? This is a life of faith. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Repent and believe the gospel. Maybe this morning you're a Christian, you're a believer, and your way has gotten dark and dreary. Why don't you come and ask the Lord to help you? Why don't you trust in Him? Take Him at His word and say, I believe that you are my shield. And I believe that you are my exceeding great reward. And Lord, I know in the here, life is hard and challenging. But here's what faith says. Lord, help me to not forsake you, 
to not give up, to not turn away. Faith, help me, Lord, to see you afar off. To see him who is invisible and to forsake everything that we might have Jesus. Amen. I know sometimes it'd be fun, but Jesus don't want me to. I know sometimes it would be, it would be relieving, but Jesus, he don't want me to. I know sometimes it would be expedient, but the Lord don't want me to. I know I could get more money out of it, but the Lord's word don't want me to. It's the forsaking of our own life and seeing him who is invisible. Amen? And he will. He said, lo, my reward is with me. Amen? And one of these days, if you'll forsake everything for him, not only in this life, but you'll look up like Abraham did in the stars of heaven and say, I cannot count the blessings that the Lord has given me. Amen? I can't count them all. It truly has been worth it following Jesus in the way. Amen? I can't even count them. Amen. Let's sing together. If there's a need, you come.